Hello, welcome to Catherine Lerma's Guide to Land. Hi, this is Catherine Lerma, and welcome to my podcast, Catherine Lerma's Guide to Life. And this episode about people's trips to London for people being my black Labrador. So, May the 3rd, 2023. It was just a few days before the coronation of King Charles III. And I'd taken this week off to enjoy it as a holiday in the sunshine on my canal boat before deciding to do some work on the inside of the boat. However, as the weather was not that warm and having already taken a work off week off a week off work even, I decided that I wanted a day off from the renovation work. And having become really aware of how much stress and anxiety that it can cause you when you have a problem with something and when you're trying to renovate. And if you're trying to work it out on your own and how to solve it, um, chatting it through with someone else can be really useful as well. Because I think because I'm an only child, I'm not great at asking for help for things. So I just tend to try and work it out myself. I must try harder um, asking other people for help because people actually like giving their views and they like helping other people. You just have to have the courage to ask. And all the thoughts that revolve around in your head, they get jumbled up. So if you walk away and do something else, and then the answer I find usually just presents itself to you. So as part of this next podcast series starting October, I want to start going out and about with Pippa a bit more. So I thought I'd try taking Pippa on a trip to London. Now, I really enjoy traveling and I want to be able to do that with Pippa. And she is quite big and strong. No, she's really big and strong. And I don't want to leave her really with two OAPs unless I really have to. Now, Pippa and I got up early, had a large breakfast, and then I took her out for a short stroll before heading off in the car to the station. Clipped her seatbelt on and off we went to crew. Now, you can get the train from London, Euston, from Chester Station, but you have to change the crew anyway, and it's a bit of a faff. So I've always just driven to crew station, and the journey from Crewe to Chester by car is about 45 minutes and the train is 30 and there's nowhere to park in Chester and there's loads of parking in Crewe so it's just easier to go to Crewe. And we left a little bit earlier, there wasn't much traffic about so we arrived in plenty of time for the train that we'd already booked. The first car park barrier had a broken ticket bucket button so I had to reverse out and into the next one while two cars watched behind probably thinking I was completely crazy. I parked the car in the car park and walked the short distance to Crew Station with Pippa. I booked us on the 813 train, which was a West Midlands railway, checking that dogs were allowed on the trains free of charge, which they were before I booked my ticket. Now I scanned my ticket to open the barrier, opting for the wider luggage one with Pippa, getting slightly anxious as it wasn't working until someone pointed out I was trying to get in the out barrier, which wasn't like me. Then my ticket wouldn't scan and the man on the gate had to do it. It was then I met a couple of members of staff, and they could obviously see that I was a little bit anxious. So they showed me where the lift was, chatted to me, which really put me at ease, stroked Pippa as we travelled down the lift with them. Now, I've been to Cree Station probably about 100 times before, and I had no idea there was a lift. Of course, obviously there will be, let alone where it was. Now, the staff gave me directions to Platform 7, and Pippa and I boarded the train that was already on the platform. There was a seat with a lot more footroom in the front carriage to the right of the door and it was empty. So we sat in that seat and Pippa sat on the floor. 
very interested in the family at the next table to us who had brought a picnic. Fortunately for Labrador, she's actually not that greedy and she soon settled down with a bit of an encouragement from a couple of biscuits that I'd brought. I'd packed a fair few into my rucksack as we headed off on the journey of just over two hours. The train did start to get busier at every stop and Pippa did bark a couple of times at some blokes getting on the train and also on the platform at the start of the journey and she was not too sure about the doors opening and beeping and trains rushing past us as as we were on the track and she but she soon settled down and then an Italian male student was happy to come and sit next to us and Pippa was very happy accepting attention from him and he clearly liked dogs. It was at that point that Pippa was half under my seat and snoozing, only waking up at the next station stop, supervising who was getting on and off the train, just in case, making sure they met with her approval. We arrived in London Euston about half past ten and set off on our walk around London. I printed out a map and we tried to use that in favour of using Google on my phone, but I kept getting lost and having to go onto Google anyway to find out where we were and if we were still going in the right direction for the centre. And it took us about an hour to walk a Google Maps 15 minutes with the paper. So I chucked it in the bin and joined all the other tourists who were using phone satellite navigation to get about. Shortly after this, we found Regent Street and then Oxford Circus and saw the flags up for the coronation. And it was lovely to see all the Union Jacks flying high. Pippa and I walked through Maypair, close to the Townhouse Hotel. I was had already stayed in, thinking about my next day in that hotel. Pippa and I then headed to Hyde Park, where we wandered about for a while. There were lots of people about, walking and running or cycling on electric and non-electric bikes. A couple of cocker spaniels were racing about in the sunshine, trying to get Pippa to play, even though she was on the lead. I would have let her off, but she's just so large and clumsy with smaller dogs. She just tries to chase them, pounce on them in the way she does Winston the cat and scares them and he doesn't really appreciate that either. Pippa and I then headed off to look at some more of London and walk along the old Brompton Road among the many streets just enjoying the atmosphere and the sunshine as it was really warm in the capital. I didn't want to do any of the usual sights with her because I've seen a lot of those recently. Instead, I opted to look at London differently, looking at the streets and the gardens and the architecture of the buildings and just enjoying being out for the day in the sunshine, away from everything, living with the oldies, the boat renovation problems, the fact that I don't have a house and don't know where I want to live yet. You know, these are quite big things. And what I noticed walking with Pippa was that people were walking and smiling past us. A few asked if they could stroke Pippa, some mistaking her for a male dog. One man laughing, at least I think he did, as she took an interest in his lunch on the table at the edge of the pavement. There was lots of good humour in London. I don't really remember it being that way when I lived there all those years ago as a student. It does seem to have really changed since Covid and the lockdowns. After a couple of hours wandering about, taking some pictures, we headed back towards Hyde Park and past some household cavalry headquarters where there was um, some sand gallets in Hyde Park. I noticed that someone was lunging a horse in an arena there. I smiled thinking of the idea of someone working a horse in the centre of London, the same way I did my ponies in the morning in the countryside. But then if horses are ridden here, 
then it makes sense to school and lunge them in these conditions that they'll be ridden in so they get used to the noise of the city, the cars, the planes, the people and the crowds. It's what you call desensitization process. It's a bit like that with Pippa on her day out, getting her used to trains and lots of people. Pippa and I then sat next to strangers by the Serpentine in Hyde Park for a while, enjoying the atmosphere. There were lots of things being built and put up in preparation for the coronation. And Pippa seemed to quite like having her picture taken now as well, and will happily sit at the end of the lead where you take a few snaps. Then we headed back into the park to play ball. Pippa could have a really good run around here. And I found myself surprised to realise that you can actually have a big dog in a city if there are parks that you can take them to. It encourages you to get out and about. And ironically, I actually had a better walk with Pippa in Hyde Park than I normally do with Pippa. As you can't really walk in farmer's fields, bridle paths have no grass for her to run around on, and our local park is really, really small. And it has actually given me a lot to think about when I come to choose choose where I want to live next. Yesterday I thought I needed a garden. Now I think actually I just need to have some nice parks to live by because that would be better, less maintenance and easier to meet new people and strike up conversations with them. And if I'm in a garden, I might not leave it. And it also got me to thinking about my future. As I know if I stick with the same old people, I'll end up alone as I didn't find anyone I liked in Chester the first time around. And I know it's not the right place for me. I know that I need to find follow my uncle's advice and go out and see a lot more of the UK and find a place that I really want to be in. And then, probably after robbing a bank, buy a house there. Although, at the start of this podcast, I mentioned that I needed to let someone look after me in a relationship this time but that's not something that's on my agenda yet I'm okay on my own it's not the plan I need to find my own way for a bit and be on my own and I've never lived on my own for any length of time and I want to do that for a while and there'll be more single people in towns more people to have lunch with and drinks with at the moment I'm in the suburbs and this is a place for families not singletons So I've decided that I really need to find a nice town with parks in to live in. And I can always find a nice lone home from Merlin or a stable somewhere. He won't mind moving, but I won't sell him again. Now, after playing ball for a while, Pippa and I headed into Mayfair. And we toured around some of the lovely gardens like Mount Street Gardens, which I'd have never have found had I been on the usual tube journey rather than walking across London with Pippa. You can take dogs on the tube, but you need to use a lift for obvious reasons or you have to carry dogs on the escalator. Now I'm not sure that carrying Pippa on an escalator would comply with any known health and safety regulations if if I was even able to pick her up at all. So on this trip I just opted to walk with her instead rather than trying the tube. After all she had a lot to take in with the train, the station and all the people in London but she took it all calmly in her stride and I was so proud of her and we headed back along Regent Street and looked at the food that was being sold by a host of carts before heading to Regent's Park, ignoring the no dog signs. It's a park for heaven's sake. Why can you not take a dog into it as long as you clear up any mess they might make, which Pippa didn't anyway. And I really can't see what the issue was. And we were not the only dog walker in the park either. Pippa made friends with an Afghan hound at one point. I don't think I've ever seen one of those up close. 
It looked as if it went to the groomers on a weekly basis, unlike Pippa's quick brush down a couple of times a year. Now, we also saw a dog walker walking six dogs of different shapes and sizes. Um, and the size, uh, okay, of the, a small park. And it reminded me of the clip, I think it was in Cocktail, when Tom Cruise is returning from war on a bus and he sees a dog walker with several dogs. It was just like that. Fortunately, Pippa didn't pull me over to play with them. They were all six, were perfectly behaved on the leads, and it was quite an impressive sight. And after basking in the sun for a while, we headed back to the train station, only to find that our train had been cancelled. However, there were some really friendly staff on the concourse in the centre of Euston who advised us that we could get the next train back to Crewe, which is in an hour's time. So Pippa and I headed off to the toilets. Obviously, Pippa kind of goes anywhere outside, although her preference is on the road. I did have loads of poo bags and hand gel with me. I had to take her into the cubicle with me, though, which is interesting because they're not that big and she's absolutely huge. But I just hooked a lead onto the back of the door, which kept her out the way, which worked really well. So hands washed and she was OK with the blow dryer, then headed off for some food. And there are loads of accessible food places in Euston to buy uh, food when you when you have a dog. And I got a drink and a large sausage roll. Then a guy started chatting to me. Um, um, as I put hand wash on and Pippa was trying to eat it, which she shouldn't do because it's full of alcohol and stuff. It's not really good. But there are now quite a lot of seats at Euston to sit on and wait. So the train was a bit over an hour late. It seems a freight train had broken down somewhere along the way, causing a few issues. And when the train eventually came, there were a lot of people and crowds to get through. But she wasn't bothered at all. And we're used to running together now. And, you know, she'd pulled my aching feet over about 30,000 steps by the end of the day. Now, unfortunately, there wasn't a seat available on the platform. So we just stood for most of the journey. While I stood, she obviously laid down on the floor. And then a guy took his headphones off to chat to us for a bit and giving Pippa lots of attention. And there was a really good looking guy on one of the seats smiling at her as well. Then when the train emptied, there was a seat next to him and he said, do you want to sit next to me? And I wandered over and he looked a little bit like Christian Dre out of that film. He loved Pippa and he had a husky cross and we chatted for a bit until he hopped up off at Nuneaton before asking where I was getting off. And if you hear this, hello, it was really nice to meet you. And we eventually reached through and went through the barrier okay and paid for our car park ticket. And Pippa was pulling as I think she was keen to get back in the car and back home for a tea as we were a couple of hours later than planned. But we both really enjoyed our trip out and I would take it to London again. I was a little bit worried when the train was cancelled, but I thought that I would have to deal with that if there are any issues if I do any more travelling with her next time. And I'd have to deal with these issues. So I think I'll take her tea with me, though, in a sandwich bag with a folding bowl, just in case we get delayed again. And I've also ordered a harness with Pippa on it so that if people see us out and about, they'll know who we are. So if you do see a black Labrador with a red harness on it, check for Pippa. And if it says, head over and say hi. I'll probably do a bit more research before the trip next time to try and find out which places I can take Pippa into and find a couple of pubs that accept dogs. I know the Fox and Pheasant does James Blunt's pub. Um, and then also, after finished writing this and not really wanting to do any painting tomorrow on the boat, I'm already thinking about taking her somewhere else, probably in the car this time, though. The good news is that I will get a refund for my ticket for the train that was cancelled as well. 
which I'll be spending on traveling somewhere else with Pippa. And I hope you've really enjoyed this podcast about my trip on the train to London with Pippa and tune in again next week.